0: This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Welcome to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Ben Lynch, and today we have a very experienced guest. Joining us today is Joseph Pine. Now, Joe helps businesses conceive and design new ways of adding value to their economic offerings. He teaches them how to grasp the nature of the emerging experience economy and envision their role in it, whether it be staging experiences, guiding transformations, or mass customization. He and his business partner, James Gilmore, are the best selling authors of The Experience Economy, where work is theater and every business a stage. I love that. Uh, Today, we're exploring mastery of delivering amazing client experiences. Joe, welcome and thank you for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure to be with you and with your audience.
0: Fantastic. We're we're so passionate about uh, experiences, especially in the healthcare industry. Uh, Often we make the distinction between the health service, the technical elements of uh, anyone's profession, how they might be helping a client in their health needs, but then the care, the client care experience, is something that I think we all got into health for is because we love working with people. We love making them feel great and having an awesome time with us. So to have you on board to dive deeper today is going to be a real thrill for many of our listeners. So I'd love to start by asking you, what do you mean by the experience economy and the progression of economic value?
1: Well, the progression of economic value basically talks about what has happened to create economic value over the millennia in which we've had business. And uh, it starts with the agrarian economy based off commodities, the things you pull out of the ground, <laughs> grow in the ground or raise in the ground, and then shifted into the industrial economy thanks to the Industrial Revolution, again, in the late, 1800 or late 1700s in, in England, uh, where goods were the primary economic offering. And then the latter half essentially it shifted into the service economy where services became the predominant economic offering where where services are what people were looking for and what happened in the service economy is that goods became commoditized you know being treated like a commodity uh where it had no differentiation where people didn't care about the brand or the features all they care about was the price uh and and that increasing is happening to services as well you know, the Internet is the greatest force of commodization and it commoditizes not just goods, but services as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the U.S., what used to cost several hundred dollars to buy or sell a block of of uh, shares with a full-service broker now can cost as low as $3 with an Internet-based broker. <laughs> and what that means is that goods and services are no longer enough. The goods and services are everywhere becoming mere commodities. So it's time to move to the new economic value to go beyond the services, to staging experiences for our customers. Hmm. And the most important thing to understand about this progression of economic value is that experiences are a distinct economic offering, as distinct from services as services are from goods. It's basically when you use goods as props and services as a stage to engage each and every individual in an inherently personal way and thereby create that memory, which is the hallmark of the experience. So we're shifting into an experience economy, an economy where experiences are becoming the predominant economic offering, where experiences is where growth in jobs and and GDP is going to come from.
0: Mm, Wow. So you've really made a clear distinction that experiences are their own economic offering. Correct. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. What do you mean then more practically? How? What does an experience kind of look like or how, how do we make that distinction from uh, just that service customization that we're actually providing experience? Can you give us an example that you would use to distinguish experiences and even then a medical example where you've seen in the medical industry uh, providing these experiences?
1: Well, the, the one thing to understand also is that it, it's not like experiences are a new economic offering. They, we, we, they've always been around. They're just newly identified. You know, uh-huh. the economists and the government will push the experiences into the statistics as services, but in fact, we can pull them out because they are so distinct. Uh-huh. But we've always had uh, sporting events and concerts and, and plays. You can think about uh, you know, troubadours, and more recently, movies and 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 nightclubs, and all of these are experiences. It's where people value the time that they spend. Right, mm. that's one of the key distinctions between services and experiences. That services are about time well saved, um, but experiences are about time well spent. That people actually value the time that they that they spend there, and that can happen uh, in the medical field, you know, in small offices and so forth. Um, uh, one company that brings to mind, particularly since you mentioned the uh, uh, subtitle of our original edition of the book is Work is Theater in Every Business is Stage, hmm. uh, is, in fact, a Jungle Roots Dentistry in Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. which is a dentist's office that is themed after the jungle. <laughs> and Dr. Culp, the, 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 the the primary dentist there, is known as the Jungle Doctor. Uh, and people uh, go in and you see, you know, basically it looks like a rainforest cafe. I mean, it looks like a jungle in there uh, with uh, trees, with plants, uh, with all of these uh, carvings like uh, that were made in the jungle. You sit on rocks as opposed to chairs in the waiting room uh, and uh, and they have animals and, and so forth that are carved into and created. So it's very much of a theme place. And it's a wonderful place for kids to go to. He's a pediatric dentist. And, you know, people talk to each other in the grocery store or whatnot about, you know, I've got to take a little Charlie to the dentist. And they say, oh, have you been to the jungle doctor? <laughs> right. You've got to go. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was told that uh, he recouped the investment. All the money he spent on his on this theming of his his offices, he recouped
0: it in less than a year. Wow. Because the distinctive experience that it creates. Absolutely. And that's probably something going through a lot of clinic owners' minds is, Wow, to have a fit out, a purpose built fit out, or change uh, certainly the physical layout of my right. clinic to be able to facilitate these experiences is a huge capital investment. So to hear you uh, say, look, you know, in this example, the guy was able to recoup his money in a year, it just shows how distinct you can be in the market. Uh, as well. So it sounds like, Joe, that these experiences are really tailored around the audience or the clientele that that particular business serves. And so you might be looking at kind of tapping into reverse engineering their interests and what they're into to be able to create these experiences. Is that is that how you would typically work with a business, is looking at their clientele and then bringing to life experiences that connect and resonate with them?
1: Well, you obviously do want to resonate with the clientele that you have. You know, if you're, if you're a pediatric dentist, you're not going to choose a prison theme, <laughs> uh, for example, is what it is. But it also needs to be something that resonates with who you are. Mm. One of our other books is a, a follow-on to the Experience Accounting It's about authenticity, you know, which, which basically is about how, you know, you need to follow two key standards of authenticity in business, which is being true to self and then being what you say you are to others. Yeah. And in terms of being true to self, you have to know who you are uh, and, and what you can do. i reminded of another dentist company I know is themed after uh, Star Trek, you know, where they, the uh, hygienists are in the Star Trek uniforms, the little communicators on the badge. Now, I doubt they did that and said, you know, there's enough Trekkies out there that we could build a business you know, just from them. It's like, no, we're Trekkies. We want exactly like that. And yes. this makes us look distinct, you know, so it can go either way. Uh, you obviously don't want to do things that are antithetical to who you are as a heritage but also you don't want to do things that completely turn off your, your clients
0: Yes, absolutely, so then let's dive into some of those experiences I've heard you talk before about the realms of experience and perhaps this is some of the more practical filters we can use when creating experiences would you mind just sharing with us a little bit about the realms of experience that you talk about and then perhaps how we might be able to use them in crafting and creating these experiences.
1: Well, sure. The, the, the four realms of experience, this is from chapter two of the book, uh, describe, you know, the, the different ways that you can engage people based on whether you're more or less passive or more or less active based on whether you absorb the experience into you or, or whether you, uh, immerse people into the experience. And, um, All of these elements are are there. You never have 100% passive or 100% active, 100% immersion with zero absorption and and so forth. Mm -hmm. So the four realms, basically, uh, one is entertainment. Entertainment is where we passively absorb in the sights and sounds that are presented to us, like watching TV, going to a play or a movie or a concert. Uh, Then there's educational experiences where you are actively, you go from primarily passive to primarily uh, active, uh, so that you can learn by what you are uh, experiencing, the, the information that you're absorbing into. And then there are escapist ex- experiences where you go from one place to another and, and, and do something there. And then finally, there is the aesthetic realm of the experience where you provide a passive immersion, where you're, you're a passively immersed in an environment that is so wonderful that you, you want to spend your time there. You want to hang out and, and just be. Mm-hmm. You know, so you think of uh, entertainment as, as as providing a place uh, and elements to enjoy, educational is providing elements to learn, escapist providing elements to go and to do, and uh, aesthetic is to just hang out and be. You know, so in the Jungle Doctors case, for example, they do have TVs that are in the in the waiting rooms, mm-hmm. uh, and you in fact not just the you know whatever the TV channel that's normally there. No, there is kids, so you're you're playing kids movies. Yeah. Uh, that are in there as part of that entertainment realm. Uh, educational realm, you, know, you certainly want people in whatever healthcare business you're in, whatever clinic you have, uh, education has got to be a huge component of it. You yeah. know, the, the what happens in the clinic itself is almost always a small part of the total healing process. So you have to educate people and help them think about what they need to do so uh, as to, to carry on you know, what they learn uh, in the clinic and there, thereby become uh, more healthy. Uh, escapist experiences is, is you can think about again the, the the jungle doctor is very much like going from the normal environment to the jungle right there. But even in more normal clinic environments, is what uh, what do you have for people to do there that makes them active within that? Uh, how do you make it very distinct from the other environments? If you're in a normal business um, you know strip mall or whatever, a normal business environment, what makes your place uh, distinct? Hmm. And, um, and finally the aesthetic is, is what's a place where people actually want to hang out? I mean, you, you would think about the environment that you would create and think about where your goal is. People want to stop by even without an appointment (laughs) because they love so much or their appointments done and they want to hang around. Right. You know, whether that happens or not, that should be the goal. And I'm reminded of a wonderful uh, medical practice, a one-person doctor practice, in also in uh, Arizona and uh, outside of Tucson. Uh, Dr. Greg, excuse me, Greg, Dr. Greg Petersburg uh, has a wonderful practice called Renaissance. And it's an anti-aging practice. And the idea is how do we help people live healthier and live longer? And so he has only two appointments per day you, know, you got a morning appointment you got an afternoon appointment. Uh, it's after the theme of Renaissance like the Renaissance is about Ooh. the the age of enlightenment. this is about the enlightenment of aging uh, <laughs> but it's themed like a Tuscan village. you know you go in there and just it's a beautiful environment. the aesthetics are amazing of people. Uh, who do just want to hang out there. Every room is special built for the, the purpose of the, of the, um, a part of your stay there. So there's a a room just for, um, the examination. There's a room for sharing the results. There's a room for blue sky thinking and, and being able to share. Okay. This is what I think you need to do. They have a, um, a fountain, right? In the main area that everything sort of revolves around. Uh, and every one of the rooms is, in fact, uh, sub-themed after the the uh, the thinking styles of Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, if you've ever seen the uh, the book on that, uh, so that there are seven thinking styles or seven rooms, and every one uh, takes off on on each one of those. So it is a it is a place that really does hit the sweet spot of the experience uh, by being entertaining and educational, by being very much escapist, of going from the normal environment, going to Tuscany to have uh, you know the the, the uh, uh, medical analysis done, and then with uh, the aesthetic realm of providing a wonderful place that people just
0: want to be. Wow, that is truly. Inc- I just want to go there right now. <laughs> that <laughs> is phenomenal. So, Joey, th- there's a lot of clinics out there, and they're going. You know, the reality is. I've, you know, hired out this building and we've set it up with a couple of rooms and we're treating our patients as they come in. You know, we do a good job. We deliver a a reasonable service. And I want to take them back to the very top of of the discussion that these are distinct offerings, distinct from services. You know, someone, they've already set up their clinic, right? They've already got their uh, kind of layout and service. Where's the starting point? I mean, the the example you just gave there is incredible, and that is obviously someone who's, who's doing it really well. But for the novice, for someone starting out or looking to kind of relaunch with this idea of delivering experiences, how would you advise them to begin that process?
1: Well, the, the, the first thing to do, particularly if you do already have your uh, ex, you, you know have your place that you have created, is to understand again that in the experience economy, work is theater. That and it's not a metaphor. I mean, work as theater. I mean, work is theater. That whenever you are in front of customers, you know whether they're patients, family members, wherever it may be, whenever you are in front of them, you're you're on stage. You're acting. Mm. And you need to act in a way that engages your audience, that engages the people there, with en- engaging again being the, the key thing with an experience. So the thing about theater is that it doesn't require any capital equipment to be able to direct workers to act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to understand, you know, how you do things. So the the basic distinction between services and experiences is what versus how. Mm. That services are are the what, that's the functional activities you have to do. You, know, you have to check people in. You have to get their address. You have to get their medical information. You have to uh, direct them to or lead them to a room. You have to take their vital statistics, whatever it might be. You have to perform the the services. But how you go about doing that, mm-hmm. that's what can turn any mundane interaction into an engaging encounter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a, a famous... Um, a medical journal article from The Lancet, the British uh, medical journal, The Lancet, way back in September of 1994 by a couple of doctors. And, and the title of it is Acting in Medical Practice. And uh, they say back then that we, and, and this is long before we wrote the book, that we think that doctors must be actors. In addition to demonstrating clinical acuity, the physician is expected to assume a role depending upon the particular situation in the particular patient. Yes. The physician does not possess the necessary skills to assess a patient's emotional needs and to display clear and effective responses to needs needs then the job is not done. Yeah. And that's the case in any practice.
0: A tremendous distinction there and and uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate here I uh, speak to a lot of uh, clinic owners and they say well that's fake or phony or it's not genuine not authentic but you know they they're carrying on different actions behaviors Outside of their role, you know, when they come to the office and they're a physiotherapist, the way they interact is different than the way they interact with their friends and family members. And so they are acting, whether they call it exactly that or not. Exactly right, ben. Yeah. Right.
1: You got exactly acting. Acting can be fake or phony if you're being fake or phony. Yeah. But, but acting can be very real. Acting is fundamentally about making choices, just as you point out. It's about choosing what parts of myself to reveal to those in front of myself, and we all act differently in front of customers than we do our uh, friends, uh, you know, in front of uh, peers than we do our bosses, in front of family than we do strangers. It doesn't mean that we're being fake or phony in any one of those. Right? It's it's choosing what parts of ourselves to reveal. Acting is choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a, a level of deliberateness and purposefulness in. Intentionality
1: is the word I love. Oh, brilliant. Intentional.
0: Yeah, intentional about each interaction that we have with our patients while we're working. So perhaps that is something that clinic owners can do is look at the touch points or interactions that they have with their patients and then sort of dissect how they could be more deliberate. And one of the distinctions that I loved from your work, Joe, was uh, personalised, engaging, and memorable and uh, there's some filters that uh, we've certainly used when looking at those interactions. Is that is that how you'd go about it? Really, I'm getting into the nitty gritty here because I want people to be able to go to their office today or tomorrow and go, okay, if I sit down, what can I start with? Is, is that a process that would work or do you have a better distinction there?
1: Well, no, those are all very good. You look at all the key characteristics of experiences that, it, that it's about engaging, right? Mm-hmm. You need to engage each person. Mm-hmm. And the best do that is by being very personal. You need to reach inside of people to engage them. So the better you customize the services you have, the easier that's going to be. So why don't you remember who your patients are when they come through the door? Right? Mm-hmm. They remember you it's not like you don't have a list of who's coming, right? You got an appointment list. Why, <laughs> yeah. why do you make them check their address and phone number and that sort of thing? You already have this information. Why do you make, you know, I was just in the doctor last week as a matter of fact, mm. and they made me fill out this information that they already had. Yeah. Right. That's not the way to do it. So, so customize those, those services, right. And, and then, yeah. and create that memory. It is about, doing something that they're going to remember. You can think about, uh, you know, what are signature moments in your place? What are, what are things that people are going to talk about and, and remember, you yeah. know, the, the classic one in, uh, you know, with, with kids is of course, giving them a lollipop. Uh, they remember that, right. They remember yeah. that, oh, let's go through, I got a lollipop, but what are other things that you can do for, for kids and adults that really cause them to remember who you are? Mm. And to cause them to want to come back. Now, obviously, you still got to do all the service stuff right, right? You got to do all that right. So on top of that, you can use these elements to create a a, a distinctive experience. And by the way, imagine if you then built an office purpose-built with intentionality Mm. for what you're talking about. And you start from that ground floor like the jungle doctor did. I'll give you another example is Vance Thompson Vision in Sioux Falls, South Dakota uh, is an, an eye doctor. And he built his own place uh, that is basically uh, themed and shaped like a cornea, you know, with <laughs> the outer things where the color is and that, and and uh, with all the natural light streaming in, and then the retina, the nerve centers where everything happens. Uh, regarding theater, they have backstage areas and, and, and front stage areas. Every every room that you go in actually has two doors, so that the customer, uh, the the patient, you know, will go out one door but the lab technician and the doctors and so forth will go to a backstage area. So they're never doing off you know, offstage things in front of the, the customer. Uh, they can even customize. They have the beautiful lighting that they do again, because it's all about the eye. They can customize that, whether it's to match homecoming colors of the particular, um, you know, the, of the local high school and that when it's homecoming weekend uh, they have a patient pad, a piece of technology that uh, they use to customize the experience it also has procedure videos educational elements information and even games for kids to play to occupy uh, their time and and so forth
0: yes i love that distinction of on stage off stage and making the distinction between the two it really keeps people engaged in that experience i can imagine wow some real pearls of gold here joe um i'm interested to know. Over the last 12 months or so, uh, what have you seen in terms of uh, the shifts maybe in technologies or strategies or methods of people providing experiences and how might that filter into the coming 12 to 24 months? Like, What's trending for you at the moment? What's really top of mind?
1: Well, it, interesting is, it, one, let me make a point that, that it, I think it is important to use the term of staging experiences versus providing or delivering experiences, right? Those are service words, and the vocabulary okay. matters. Um, one of the, the best things I've seen, actually, uh, you know, not in healthcare, is Carnival Corporation, the cruise company, uh, has announced an ocean medallion, which is an IoT device, right, an Internet of Things device, that as they're ramping it up and the first uh, the first implementation has been in the last 12 months and eventually it'll be on all 100 plus ships they have in all guests but right now it's on a few ships with not all the guests and this allows them to know who everybody is that you don't have to show your passport when you when you get on board because you've already uploaded in advance you're ocean ready as they call it and as you walk up to you know, the, the gangplank to get up your picture and your name pops up and they verify that, yeah, you have submitted your passport information. So they just greet you by name and you walk on board. Mm. When you get your stateroom, the room opens automatically as you touch the door because it knows who you are and what room you're in. They can even remember your, your multiple different pre- preferences based on the context you're in so that when you're in the pool bar uh, or, or in the pool deck with your kids, they remember that your favorite drink is an iced tea with no lemon but when you're in the bar with your buddies, it's a mojito, and when you're in the restaurant with your wife, it's a glass of shiraz. Mm. You know, it's basically mass customize the entire experience, giving every guest and every family unit a a mass customized itinerary with personal experience invitations about what they can do. And I think that sort of thing is going to come up, come around more and more. Uh, in, um, uh, you know, in various different industries and obviously doesn't require an IOT device to do. There's a lot of reasons for, for to use that on a ship versus a phone, but so much can be done with, you know, with the person's own smartphone where like at Neiman Marcus, for example, if you have the Neiman Marcus app open, when you go into the department store, it identifies you and it sends a message to your personal sales rep. Uh, your sales associate, who then looks you up and, and looks up what are your styles, what are your color preferences, what have you bought in the past, and can arrange a meeting to give you a you know personal uh, style consultation there while in it. And if you want to be anonymous, you just don't open the app yeah. when you go to the store. So we'll see more and more things uh, like that happening, as well as, of course, you know, there's more and more use of uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Hmm. You know, there are many dentists and others who like show movies on the ceiling. And some are now starting to do virtual reality experiences. But I, I worry about that if you get too far away from them knowing what's going on to their mouth and, and so forth. <laughs> that, that bad things will happen and all of a sudden they start yelling that something going on in virtual reality. Uh, but those are some, some
0: things that are that are that are going on here. Oh, terrific. That is fantastic. I think there seems to be so many possibilities of how you would stage these experiences, I love the distinction of the language. How you would stage these experiences for someone, Joe? If, if you could give an overview, if you're brought into a business and they've asked you, Joe, we need, we believe in this experience economy. We want to deliver it. We want to be distinct. How would you go about it? If you could give us kind of an over-level uh, view of what are the things that you would do to go from woe to go in transforming or or crafting and staging these experiences?
1: Well, the first thing I do, and it gets back to intentionality, is I would get intentional about the entire experience. I would, in particular, think of what is my theme, Mm -hmm. right? Theme is the organizing principle for the experience. It doesn't have to be fantasy like Disney theme parks. It doesn't have to be in-your-face like theme restaurants. It's simply the organizing principle for how you decide what's in the experience versus what's out of the experience. You think about go, the age of enlightenment and the enlightenment of aging, right? How that theme can transform uh, everything that you're doing and how it sets up what place you want to create and so forth. You think about a theme of being the jungle doctor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sets up what you want to do in that. So what is your theme? What's your organizing principle? And then everything can then flow from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of how you design your offices so you have positive cues that that create that theme. You get rid of negative cues that don't fit with the theme. Uh, You engage all five senses uh, Mm -hmm. while you there and how do you how do you do that you know and and imagine this you know what smell is the greatest i already gave the answer there what what sense is the greatest (laughs) part of memory right it's smell of course yes uh often and particularly in medical offices is the best we do is eliminate the bad smells Hmm. and and what that tends to do is it, it, it gives the impression of people that that this is a place that needs to be cleaned Right, mm-hmm. that you if it smells antiseptic, you're getting that. Well, what are the positive smells? How do we engage people? What smells would fit in to our uh, experience? Mm-hmm. Right, then going through the four E's is great, and how you, you, you hit the sweet spot in the middle by having aspects of all four of those, customizing it, and how do you get uh, individual with every one of your patients, every one of the guests of your experience? It's another vocabulary thing to use that if you're staging experience, you have guests. Not just customers. Yeah. And then uh, and then theater. Right. What is the the theater that you want to perform on your stage? How do you direct your workers to act? How do you give them roles to play and help them characterize those roles? Even give them rehearsals and backstage areas. You you can't expect people to be on 100 percent of the time. They need an area that there are no guests where they can be backstage and do activity that belongs back there. Mm. Uh, in order to have the wherewithal that, that to, it, it, it takes to be able to create a, a
0: great uh, experience. Mm, terrific. And I, I think the, the theme there is just intentionality, as you said, at the very top, which is that there is so much um, thought behind each part interaction of that experience. One thing I want to just quickly come back to, because I hear a number of listeners going that all sounds great, but I'm, I've still got to get the, the person better. And you did say it earlier, Joe, but to bring it up, obviously you have to be providing a good service. You have to actually be getting right. results and health outcomes for your clients. let absolutely make that a disclaimer. But these are starting to look at how do we differentiate ourselves? And uh, we know that if you're engaging people like this, this actually helps them in their health journey and um, their, their, their journey towards wellness. So... This is the well, added layer. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Well, you know, that brings up an important
1: point I wanted to make sure we discussed too. Yes. Uh, when you talk about helping them on their journey to wellness, that, that in fact there's one more economic offering in this progression of economic value. And that is when you go beyond the experience, in fact, you use the experiences mm. to guide your customers to change, to help them achieve their aspiration. And all of healthcare and clinics, in particular, are really in the transformation business, mm. built on top of, of experiences. The transformations are 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 life-transforming experiences, experiences that change us in some way. And nobody ever goes to a clinic without want, having an aspiration, mm. you know, whether for themselves or for their kids or for another loved one. They have aspirations, and the bottom line it's about helping them achieve those aspirations. You know, Vance Thompson' vision again. You know, they, they talk about their theme of changing lives by creating vision, right? And they recognize that they are changing life. When they, when they uh, you know, uh, uh, install a, a new cornea or when they do cataract surgery or when they do LASIK surgery, it's not just vision that's improved. It's a life that has been changed. Yeah. And how do you go about ensuring that to, to happen? So I think it is imperative for every clinic to understand that at, at the bottom line, it's about outcomes. Yes. It's not about inputs and outcomes are fundamental to all transformations they're fundamental to healthcare they're fundamental to clinics is providing the outcomes that people want and and that's why i do actually so much work in healthcare generally with hospitals but also recognizing that research shows that the better the patient experience the better the outcomes and that's the bottom line
0: Oh, there's not a better note to finish on than that, Joe. Uh, I, I I love it because uh, we are moving to and uh, part of being a health professional is having outcome base, having an evidence base behind exactly. your practice. But rather than just maybe helping someone in their acute need of you know sickness, illness, injury, actually helping them achieve their aspiration, their outcome. Uh, that transformation, boy, oh boy, that is amazing. That is absolute gold. And there's a hell of a lot of practicality about what you've covered here, Joe, in terms of the realms of experience that people can look at and go, you know, how well are we doing this or how can we transform and stage experiences around these four realms and how can we stimulate and engage their senses? Uh, how can we customize it even more so and maybe even anticipate their needs uh, yes, ahead of time? Incredible practicality. I want to say thank you so much. If there's if there's one parting piece of advice or, or a golden nugget that you want the listeners to leave with today, what would it be, Joe?
1: It would be to understand what business you're really in. And it's not the service business. It very much may well be the experience business. But I encourage you to even think about being in the transformation business and thereby create the great patient experience in order to affect and change their lives.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Now, Joe, I know a lot of people wanting to reach out to you and connect with your work. We've got a couple of books that you've written that people should absolutely read. Uh, One of them is Mass Customization, The New Frontier in Business Competition. The other is The Experience Economy, which is brilliant as well, and what we've referenced a lot here today. Another one is Authenticity, What Consumers Really Want. And there's another one as well, Joe. Yeah, the last one I'd
1: point out is infinite possibility, creating customer value on the digital frontier. So that is all about virtual reality, augmented reality, about 3D printing, which increasingly is being used in medical practices and and so forth.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Absolutely sink your teeth into there. Is there any other way that people can connect with you and follow up your work, Joe?
1: Yes, you, you can go to our website, www.strategichorizons.com, strategichorizons.com. Uh, there's a contact page. And if you'd like to get further information, get our occasional emails on the events and the writings that we do. Uh, we hold every year a uh, experience economy expert certification program, uh, four and a half day immersion in the experience economy and everything that we talk about, including customization and transformations as a part of that. And we have one certified experience economy expert in Australia that came to our course uh, uh, two years ago, and uh, certainly would love to have more. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Oh, that's terrific. We'll put that link in the show notes underneath the podcast on our website, so you can easily click there and head on over. Joe, thank you so much for being here today. There's um, incredible gold, practical wisdom inside of this episode. So thank you very much. My pleasure, Ben. Awesome. So- Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery. We'd really appreciate your honest reviews and ratings on iTunes or whatever sharing, listening platform you use. And if you could connect it with a friend, share it with a friend, we'd love uh, to pass on and connect more people into the community here. You can head over to clinicmastery.com for all of the show notes, and there's a whole bunch of free resources that you can get access to about how we're helping clinics change their experiences that they deliver their clients as well. So Joe, thank you so much. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.